Hello, and welcome to The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. Today's guest is Becca Perdue. Becca is a leadership coach and consultant. Over the past 25 years, she has worked with some of the most recognizable brands in the world to develop great leaders, deliver successful projects, and impressive business results. Her clients value her pragmatic and fun approach and the unique blend of experience and expertise that she brings. She believes that success starts with leading yourself and your teams and loves working with people to make that happen. Becca and I talk about how to balance getting your own work done and being available to support your team. We get into the three key domains of being a manager, dig into effective delegation, and the important nuances of communicating effectively with different team members. Before we get to the show, a quick warm welcome to Heidi A. to the Modern Manager community. To learn more about the benefits of membership, go to mamieks.com slash join. And now, here's my conversation with Becca. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. Becca, it is such a pleasure to have you today. I'm super excited for this topic because we've never covered it on the show before. And I just did a course on delegation earlier this year. And I feel like this is the like the other side of the delegation piece. And so I feel like it's going to be a really good compliment to that episode and that course. And I know you have a ton of wisdom to share on this. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And I absolutely agree. I think it's all very well knowing how to delegate. But then there's that much wider piece around how and what and where does it fit into what we're delivering as individuals and as teams. Exactly. So one of the things that I hear regularly from managers is that they feel like they're having a really hard time because they have to be responsible for the people on their team. They have to be responsible for the team's overall work. They have to be responsible for themselves and getting their own work done. And it just feels like they are constantly being torn in trying to balance all of these different competing interests and all of these things that they have to do as a manager. So what can we do about that? <laughs> I hear the same thing. And I think there are a couple of myths that we build up in our heads as leaders is that there is a correct answer to this question and only one answer. And absolutely there isn't. There are multiple answers. And, it, and the other myth that we, and thing that we build up in our head is that once we fix that, the answer is always going to be the same and the proportions will stay the same. I work with a lot of technical experts and scientists and very structured thinkers, and they want an exact ratio, please, on how much I should be doing each thing. And the first thing to get your head around is there is no precise, correct ratio. There is, however, one that's right for what you're doing in your role with your team for your business right now. And it changes over time as you change, as your team changes, and as they grow. So I tend to talk to people about what I call the curious choice model. I think as leaders, we always have to be curious and we're always making choices. And with that, in our roles, we have three groups of things that we have to be doing. So if you can imagine a Venn diagram, so three overlapping circles, one of them is about leading and that's about setting the vision and deciding where we're going and setting the tone and the working environment for the team. One of them is about managing, and that's where all the doing happens, both the doing that you need to do in your role and the doing that your team is doing. So that's where work happens. But then the third circle is about coaching and growing your team because you need them to grow so you can keep growing and and hit the organisation and your, your team's goals for delivery. Now, 
The challenge then is to think about what does my organization need my team to be delivering and how much time do we need in that managing circle? How much time do I need to spend leading in my current role given my current team? And how much time should I be investing in growing that team? And this is where the delegation piece comes in because until you've grown them and coached them, they're not going to be able to do more of the, the delivering, the managing for you. Um, if we think about a new person in your team, for example, they're going to need a lot more help and support and a lot more of your time in that coaching circle than somebody maybe you who's been in your team for a long time, who's really great at what they do and who really understands where the team is going. And for me, the key is to look at the overlaps between those circles and to figure out how what activities can you do that hit two of those needs or all three of those needs at once. I have thought about these three buckets, but I've always thought of them as being kind of separate activities. And what you just said about thinking of them as a Venn diagram and looking and saying, where, what can you do that actually hits more than one at the same time is like making my brain go, oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Delegation for me is a, is a really good or building up through delegation. And I know like me, you think that you don't just give somebody a task and go, there you go, it's delegated. It takes time to develop and to fully hand off the decision-making and ownership of the outcome of the piece of work. That for me is a classic that sits in at least two of those buckets at the same time. You're coaching somebody, you're developing them, but you're also getting work done along the way. So that for me sits very nicely in the overlap between managing and coaching, for example. And if you're then explaining about why this piece of work is important and how it fits with a long-term vision, actually delegation sits really nicely in the centre of all three. Oh, yes. Is that making sense? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. And it's funny because the way that I approach delegation is exactly how you've described it, but it never occurred to me that it was doing those three things and those particular ways at the same time, which was really like a, a strength. It's, that's really an optimization of how you approach management then. Absolutely. I'm all for making leading and managing and coaching as straightforward and simple as possible and not it's very easy when you first particularly when you first get a leadership role or when you move into a new and bigger leadership role to think oh, I've got all these extra things to do um, but I've still only got 24 hours in the day and actually I do want to spend some time outside of work as well and work really expands in your mind as to what you've got to do so looking for these overlaps where you're achieving two things at once are really important for keeping your work manageable in the life sense of manageable and being able to deliver greatly in a new role and as you settle into that role to keep doing that. All right, so let's go back to this idea that there's no perfect equation because I would love if there was a perfect <laughs> equation and I could just say, oh, all right, 20% here, 33% there, 15% here. Okay, so there's no perfect equation, obviously. So what do you do then to start to figure out how do you balance these different pieces and parts and, and how do you make your activities fit into these different overlaps? I think for me, it comes down to challenging yourself and asking yourself some great questions about what does the organization need from this team right now? So obviously, if a business is in a growth phase, you're going to need to tell people we're in a growth phase and, and set the vision of where we're going. And then you're going to really need to focus on working really hard right now to do whatever it is the business does to make that happen. But if you then neglect the coaching piece, you're not going to have the skills and the capability for when you reach that growth. So it's about challenging yourself to keep activity in each circle appropriate to the phase that your business is in. 
And according to your team, if they're a really young and inexperienced team, you're going to need to spend more time coaching than if they're a team of experts who just need pointing in the right direction, in which case you can get on and get involved in the work as well. And for a lot of my clients who tend to be technical experts, that's the situation they find themselves in. And if they can get that balance right so that they've made sure that everybody knows what it is they're working to achieve, that they've built the skills in their team for them to work as a team, to collaborate really effectively and to do their piece, that allows them then the time in the managing circle to keep their technical expertise really up to date so that they can keep a virtuous circle going in all of these and keep pulling the team forward. So I know that there are times where these things you know, it might not be as clear cut or it can get messy, right? Like you have your work that just you can do. And then you have team members who have their work and you've told them because you're being a good manager, come to me when you have questions, you need help. And so they come to you and you have to look at these things and say, what, what do I prioritize? Do I get my things done that I have to do? Do I pause and help my colleague? Like, how do you navigate when you have those tensions? It's a very real tension, isn't it? And Absolutely, you need to be helping your team as and when you can and protecting time for yourself. So there are a number of things you have to do. And for me, again, it starts with making sure you understand why they're coming to you. Is it because of where they are in their journey to taking on accountability for the outcome of the piece of work you've given them? I.e., They don't know what they don't know yet and they've come across something and they're stuck. And are you stopping them working? Or is it that actually they're just not confident yet and they need you to say, I trust you, you can do this? Or is it that actually there's a real live new problem that they've not come across before and you need to jump on it right now? So reflecting on where you are in their delegation journey, reflecting on how does it fit with what you as a team need to do, and also setting really clear expectations around when you're delegating what I don't know if you see the same I see a lot of managers delegating really effectively but forgetting to tell people what it is they need to know and when around the work they've delegated for example I had a one of my one of my favorite bosses that I worked for was really clear what he needed to hear from me we worked in a really tall building and his requirement was that I told him things people would ask him about in the lift so if I caused you know, waves or was change. I worked in change management at the time. If we were changing something or doing something slightly controversial, he needed to know so he could back it up when he was asked about it in the lift. Didn't care apart from that, or did care, but didn't need to know apart from that. So it was really easy for me to then go to him and know when I needed to go to him and interrupt him. He was also quite good at setting boundaries in that I knew don't talk to him before 10 o'clock because 9 till 10 he would be doing his thinking work. Anytime after 10 o'clock, before 6 o'clock, he was interruptible. So being really clear about when you're interruptible and when you're not, the kind of things you're interruptible for and the kind of things you're not, and making sure you really have past accountability for a task rather than just the actions and that you're not still expecting to make all the decisions is really important. And the other thing I always used to do was I used to schedule appointments and meetings with myself, just so I made sure I had that piece of time um, to do my work. So it went into my diary from that perspective. And I've also worked with groups of managers where we've encouraged them to work in pairs so that they keep that time for each other to challenge them and to make sure they're doing their leadership and their own work by working together and holding each other accountable for doing that because it's really easy to let it go. Yeah, I love what you were just saying about letting your team know when you're not available and 
under what circumstances you can be interrupted and, and kind of for what. Because I've noticed this with my own team at different times where, you know, it feels really urgent to them because they're trying to get something done, but you know, maybe they're doing a good job planning ahead. And so it doesn't have to be done right that second. It could be done by the end of that day or by the end of the week. And those interruptions for us can be really challenging when we're in the middle of our focus or whatever else that's going on for us. And someone described it to me once as like leaving your front door open, that you don't just leave your front door open and let anybody come in anytime they want. Like they're supposed to knock and then you have the choice to let them in or not. And that it's totally okay to say, I'm in the middle of something. Is this, does this need to get handled this second or can it be handled in two hours when this thing is done? Or can I deal with this tomorrow first thing in the morning? And putting it back on them to, to help decide how urgent is this? How important is it that I need your attention to it right now? So I love that idea of setting those boundaries early so that maybe they don't even have to knock on your door. Maybe they can look at it and say, you know what? I can actually wait for tomorrow when we have our schedule check-in and I will bring it up then. Well, absolutely. And I think as leaders, there's something very nice about being needed by your team. And a lot of us, it's part of how we justify being a leader is that our team need me. And that can be quite fulfilling to us as individuals. And that need is slightly addictive. So we, we, we have to take ownership of setting those boundaries. Yes, absolutely being there for them within those constraints. I love the open door analogy. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. And, you know, the needing thing is so funny, too, because I am a parent and I hear this from my husband all the time. He's like, you love that the kids need you. And I'm like, I do. Like, I, I don't want to admit it, but I do love that they need me. And I can see how as a manager, it feels good to be needed. And it feels good when you can come in and help people. And that's all great. But like, are you helping them in the appropriate ways, right? Are you helping them by enabling them to build the skills that they need? Are you helping them by being the cheerleader and encouraging them when they can go deal with the challenge on their own. It can't always be rescuing. Absolutely. And I think that all plays back to as leaders, we need to think about what we're doing and how we're doing it and why we're doing it. And that's the increasing workload rather than I need to do more things. I need to always be rescuing. I always need to be helping. I always need to be doing whatever it is to make things better for the team. Our job is to enable them to do a great job. We can take that too far and it can become kind of like that over-mothering, smothering, I'll just do everything. I remember my very first ever boss, who was a lifetime ago, was in local government and she wanted me to say, this was way before computers and emails. Um, she sat me down to send some letters to people and she got every single envelope out. She wrote every address on a piece of paper for me to copy onto the envelope. That wasn't great. It would have been much better to give me the address book and say, send these letters. So we need to, to manage what we're doing appropriately. And we need to think about that so that we are enabling them to perform greatly and free us up to do our job. So what are some of the tips or best practices you have for how to know what you should be delegating and when? Because as you've so brilliantly stated, right, delegation falls into the kind of those three overlapping circles now. So if we want to be using delegation as both a way to develop our people, a way to reduce our own workload, and a way to kind of build team vision and align everyone towards the same goals. How do you decide what you should be passing off? That is a great question. <laughs> um, for me, it starts with understanding where you want the team to be long term. 
and then absolutely knowing your team and really building strong relationships with them so that you know what motivates them, the kind of things they're great at, the kind of things that are going to be a little bit more challenging for them and how much challenge they want in their role, and really making sure that you develop really good trusting relationships with them. Now, obviously, delegation helps build that trust as, as you build through that process. But if you know what you need as an individual, what the team need, and what people want to do, it can help you decide which bits are going to motivate and engage people most. Now, there will always be some that something in everybody's role that isn't their favourite bit. But if you're constantly adding to the bit that isn't their favourite, you're going to really struggle to keep that delegation momentum going and to keep the team engaged and moving in the direction you want. So it comes down to really understanding what is it we need to do and what's going to be needed in the long term and what's going to be needed in the short term. I know when I've had things delegated to me that really haven't been my bag, um, and I'm sure we've all had that experience, knowing how long I was going to need to do that thing for was really, really important. For example, if it was just for this one project, could you own this? It's much easier to take than forever and ever and ever, could you do this thing you don't want to do? Although even just my boss acknowledging that it wasn't what I necessarily wanted to do made it easier to palette. So that all comes from that really strong, great relationship you need to build with your team. Yeah, I've been thinking about this quite a bit lately around what are things that you're delegating that are within the boundaries of somebody's role? And so in some ways, you're actually not delegating per se, you're expanding the scope of their role and possibly preparing them for kind of future roles, which is maybe different from I'm in a tight spot and I could use some extra hands and can you take these things on for right now? Do you see those things as being different? Oh, absolutely. And the more we can do of the former, so it's kind of within the bounds of your role, it's going to help you in the long term, it's going to help us in the long term, the better. That's just smart use of your time. And it's really great as a way of engaging that person. And certainly here in the UK, they call it the war for talent. And the importance of retaining great team people and great talent is becoming more and more important. So engaging them in stuff that they can see is helping them develop that they can see is going to help them have a long-term future with you or wherever they choose to take it is really, really important. Yeah, I agree. And for many people, staying in a role that's really static is not exciting. For some people, it is. They know they're knitting and they're really happy to stick with it. But for many people, they want to be challenged and they want to grow and they want to take on greater responsibility and have more autonomy. So that delegation is a great way to allow that to happen. Well, absolutely. And even the people who are really happy doing what they're doing, there'll be something that they want within their role. And by knowing them and understanding them, you can find what the stretch for them in their role is and what makes it even more engaging for them. There's usually something that, that keeps people motivated and engaged. And it's our job to provide that. So to figure some of those things out, like, do you just go and talk to your team and do you say like, hey, I want to talk to you about your role and you know what you're interested in? And you know, is that a conversation you'd recommend having or how else would you figure out what motivates people and what work they're excited for? I'm a big fan of conversations and asking people questions and genuinely being interested and curious about what they have to say. So really, really listening to their answers. I mean, there's nothing worse than being asked what you think and then somebody cutting you off partway through and you know they haven't listened. You know, for, for me, the 
a great leader is is running the team as a whole so maybe having whole team meetings but they're having that one-to-one time with people which isn't just about task yes there's a catch-up on where we are with projects but there's a coaching and a development piece within that so the, the coaching piece is about understanding that person and understanding what motivates them. It nurtures that relationship. It helps them solve things they were maybe stuck with in their role and helps them in a more long-term way than just here's the answer to that question about the project you're doing today or the piece of work you're doing today. So having those really great conversations is for me the best way to do that it builds trust it tells people you're available to listen and to help which then enables that relationship to grow and you to get a closer handle on that individual i don't think you can underestimate the importance of nurturing those relationships and building your own emotional intelligence while you're doing it i completely agree and i've come to really enjoy these three questions when i have those conversations with people which is the first is what are the three activities or the kind of the work that you do that you like best about your current role? Mm-hmm. What are the three that you like least that if you could get rid of, you would? <laughs> and what are the three things that you would love to do new? Whether you would either have expanded it by growing your skills or things that you want to learn or responsibilities that you would want to take on. And it's fascinating because sometimes people tell you things that you had no idea. I was like, what? This... I never would have guessed. But when you open the floor for that, you start to learn about people. And when you do it in the context of a whole team, what's really interesting is when one person says, I love this, and someone else says, I hate this. And you could be like, oh, I wonder if we could actually move it from one person to another. And everybody wins. And if you can, that's just such a huge win for the whole team because it doesn't just impact those two people, but because they're enjoying their roles more, it impacts everybody else. And everybody then sees you as a leader who can make stuff like that happen, which is really important. Totally. So I want to ask one question, which is on a slightly different topic, but related, which is about this idea of servant leadership and kind of adapting to your team members versus asking them to adapt to you. And I mean, I love the servant leadership model in general. And I also think it's really important for the onus to not only be on the manager, but, you know, it feels like there's sometimes this tension between how do I communicate best with my team member and what they need so that they can be successful when maybe that's hard for me because it's not my natural style. It's not where my inclination is to go. And maybe I have five team members who all kind of are slightly different. And so I'm now trying to like switch gears all the time in terms of how I approach each of them. So. What's your take on kind of how much we need to really present information, right, to delegate in a way that works for that particular person and how much of it is them having to learn and adapt to us as their manager and our style? I think it's a really challenging question and it's one that we face wherever we are in our team leadership journey, right from the first time we have a team through to maybe when we're on a main board and and working at that level. People do communicate differently. And as we grow our skills, we need to practice. And it is for me a case of practice makes perfect. We need to practice communicating with different communication styles. And that's not easy. I'm not going to claim that it is. And then come up with ways of making sure that we're hitting enough of the communication style of each team member that they get something from it. And we're still meeting our own needs for getting information back. Communication, by its very definition, should be two-way. You know, you're communicating to get an action. If you're not getting that action back, 
or that understanding back, then you haven't actually communicated, you've just transmitted. So thinking of it as a two-way process, being really clear what your intent is and, and preparation to cover that when you're in a team situation, and then allowing people when they're on your team the chance to have that more one-to-one interaction with you. I'm a big fan and I'm, I'm suspect you are too about having whole team meetings and one-to-one meetings and that allows you to to balance that if somebody hasn't quite got it from the the whole team communication. I think it's got increasingly challenging as we work in dispersed teams who aren't necessarily in the same location because you don't have that I just bumped into so and so and I can clear that up kind of opportunity. You have to make the time to do it and I think there's a an accountability for us as leaders to make sure people have understood the communication But there is also an equal accountability on the part of our team to check in with us if they don't think they have. And I think we need to be very clear with people that we need their help making sure that communication is two way. So if they're not getting it, it's okay to ask. And that's quite a courageous act as a leader because you have to be brave enough to take the feedback when it isn't working for somebody. And the way you handle that feedback and their input on how they need your communication will impact how comfortable they are in telling you in the future if they're not getting it. So beautifully said. I mean, that's just, that is, that is so, so beautifully said. So you've mentioned a few of your managers that you've had already, Mm -hmm. but I would love if you would share one more time about one of the managers that you've had who was a rock star and what made that person so great to work for. I've been really fortunate in my career in that I've had two really strong I want to be like them role model leaders I've had quite a few who are in that I've learned a lot about how I don't want to be category as well <laughs> just to balance it out. <laughs> but you can learn from both and I think if I had to pick one of the two oh, it would probably be the first one I was a relatively new manager and leader I didn't think I knew what I was doing at all and I probably didn't But he had total confidence in my ability to work it out. He asked me the most amazingly challenging questions, but never left me feeling high and dry. So that mix of challenge and support and utter belief, at least to my face, (laughs) that I could be a great leader and I could do an amazing job for them, for me was really different and really enabling and really empowering. And If I can give a little bit of that to any of the people I've ever worked for, then I think I've done okay. (laughs) Fantastic. And where can people learn more about you, Becca, and your work? Probably the easiest place is to find me at learningleader.co.uk. If you're brave with spelling, I'm also at (laughs) beccaprido.com. That's um, probably harder to do. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and your experiences today. This was such a lovely interview. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Becca has generously offered 10% off any coaching package with her and a free worksheet that has more information and prompts for reflection on the Curious Choice model. To get these guest bonuses, you've got to become a member of the Modern Manager community. And you can do that at mamieks.com join. Don't forget, there are also a few prior guest bonuses that you'll be eligible for if you join in the next few days in April, a few book giveaways, and as always, there are dozens of guest bonuses and episode guides that are always available no matter when you join, so you want to definitely check those out too. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. You can get on that list at mamieks.com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. 
Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.